Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week, I'm going to be continuing the personal life lesson series and talking about some important spiritual lessons that I have learned about Christ-centered time management. This has been a real struggle for me in various seasons of my life and probably for you as well, because in our busy, fast-paced culture, how do we truly build our lives and our time and our schedules around what matters to God? Before we jump in, I wanted to remind you that there are still a couple of weeks left to save 25% on the Marriage and Motherhood online course, which is an eight-week online course for individuals or groups on bringing Christ into the center of your home and your marriage. So if you're interested, go to setapartmotherhood.com or just click the link in this podcast description. There are also a couple of weeks left to register for the Honorable Manhood Program for the men in your life. This is an amazing tool that my husband Eric created, an eight-week online program for fathers and sons or men's groups or individual guys to go through on really casting a vision for Christ-centered masculinity. Go to ericludy.com and click Honorable Manhood or just click the link in this podcast description. You can register for a donation of any amount and gain access to the material for the rest of this year. Both of these resources will only be available for the next couple of weeks, so be sure you check them out if you're interested. Let's jump into Christ-centered time management. As I've mentioned in other episodes, people are always asking me, how do I fit in ministry and family and marriage and manage everything? And to be honest, there have been many seasons of my life when my calling has really felt overwhelming. And yet, as I have taken that feeling of overwhelm to God, he has shown me that I don't have to accept stress and overwhelm as my normal state of life. A lot of times, I think in our fast-paced world, we just give into that and think, well, my life will always feel overwhelming. My life will always feel chaotic. That's just normal in our culture. Something that has really helped me is to look at the life of Christ. Jesus was never in a hurry. He focused on what was right in front of him, and he took time to invest in individual relationships. He protected what mattered most. He rose up early in the morning to spend time with his father, even during his busiest seasons. And just those two examples speak volumes to me about the fact that it is possible to have a very full life and a very intense calling on your life and yet not live an overwhelmed and chaotic life. Lately, I've been freshly assessing this area of time management because this is something that needs to be looked at quite frequently in our lives as circumstances and seasons change. And I'm stepping into somewhat of a new season right now with my children all entering their teen years. The pressures and demands on me as a mother, I feel like have only grown. And yet the ministry pressures and demands haven't gone away. And when I find myself feeling overwhelmed, I often go back to the statement that Oswald Chambers made when he said, trust God and do the next thing. And that is so simple and so profound because it really just means laying my cares and my concerns at his feet and just focusing on what is right in front of me to do. And it's an amazing cure for being overwhelmed. As Jim Elliott said, wherever you are, be all there. And I found that if my mind is occupied with all the things I have to do later today or tomorrow or this overwhelming task list, I'm not able to be fully present with what is right in front of me. So trust God and do the next thing. That is a great tidbit of truth to tuck away for the next time you feel overwhelmed. There are also a few other key principles that God has taught me and is continuing to teach me about how to really honor him with my time. 
The first principle is to understand what it means to redeem the time that he has given me. There have been so many seasons in my life when I've longed for at least another two hours in my day, or even seriously considered making a new wake-up time of three o'clock in the morning in order to get everything done. But when I start thinking this way, that's my signal that something is off track in my perspective because God doesn't give us more tasks than we have time for. He designed every day to be 24 hours, not 28 hours. He created us to need a certain amount of sleep every night in order to function. So I've learned that if I feel overwhelmed by my workload or my to-do list, then one of two things must be true. Either I I've taken on more than what he's intending me to carry, or I'm really not managing what he has given me. I'm not redeeming and stewarding the time that he has given to me. And more often than not, it's a combination of both of those things. I have found being purposeful and strategic in managing my time, redeeming the time that he has given me is a huge key to my spiritual life staying on track and my home and my ministry life being healthy. Christ-centered time management or redeeming the time helps me stay focused on what is sitting right in front of me to do, as I mentioned before, without being distracted by 10 other things that I need to get done. Because if I've already planned another time to get those things done, I can relax and focus on what God has put right in front of me for that moment. Now, I've known many women who feel restricted by having a schedule or a game plan to follow every day. Some people just would rather go with the flow every day and see where the winds happens to blow them. But I have learned I cannot function that way. When I don't plan my day, I'm very ineffective. And I end up wasting my time on this and that instead of really maximizing every moment for the things that matter most. Now, that isn't to say that I run my life like a military boot camp, because there are times when I need to be spontaneous or change my plans because unexpected things come up. But mapping out a time management strategy for each day and sticking with it as closely as possible is how I function best. And it's one of the ways I redeem the time that God has given me. The concept of redeeming the time comes from Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And if you study that verse, redeeming the time means to seize each moment that God has given you and use it for his glory and not on your own personal whims. And in our day and age of modern technology, there are so many potential distractions that can pull us away from his priorities. And so really being purposeful with my time is one way that I can avoid wasting the hours he has given me on temporary meaningless things that actually don't point me closer to him or facilitate his calling on my life. So I look at time management not as a taskmaster or some legalistic rule in my life, but simply as a tool that helps me build my life around things that have eternal value. Now, my specific schedule changes from season to season depending on a variety of factors like the specific needs of my children or a specific ministry role that I'm fulfilling or even maybe the state of my health at a given point in time. But there are a few other principles that have really helped me redeem the time no matter what season I may be walking in. And one of them is to protect what really matters, protect what matters most. No matter what tasks or opportunities may be sitting in front of me, keeping my relationship with God, my relationship with Eric, my relationship with my children at the top of my priority list is so important. It's really tempting to feel like these kinds of relationships can just fit in here and there around the hustle and bustle of everyday life. 
But ever since I fully surrendered my life to Jesus Christ in my teen years, the principle that he has always brought me back to is, Leslie, don't just fit me into your life. Build your life around me. And if I could nail down the secret to effective time management, that is it right there. It's that secret of of seeking first the kingdom of God and everything else that you need will fall into place. Put him first. The same is true with family relationships. We can't just fit in those meaningful family relationships here and there. We have to build a lifestyle around protecting those relationships. Now, building our lives around Christ, not just fitting him in, and being purposeful to steward family relationships or key relationships in our lives requires sacrifice. I have found that a lot of times I have to say no to many seemingly good things in order to say yes to his priorities, to my relationship with Christ, to my relationship with Eric, to my relationship with my children. Several years ago, I made the decision to stop traveling and speaking on a regular basis, simply so that I could protect my relationship with my husband and my family. And even though I write articles and run a ministry, my goal is always to spend the majority of my time or the best hours of my day on my relationship with God, my husband, my children. And I found that when I say yes to those things, I don't have as much time to spend on a writing project or a ministry task or networking with other key leaders in ministry. And sometimes I can feel like I'm I'm falling short in those areas, but I've learned to rest in the fact that as I protect God's priorities in my life, he can supernaturally multiply my time and my effectiveness when I'm working on ministry tasks, just like he did with the fish and the loaves of the little boy when he fed the multitude. He, he can take something that seems like a very meager offering and multiply it for his glory. There have been times when I have been surprised to find that a writing project I expected to be something that would take me days was accomplished in just a few hours, mainly because God multiplied my time supernaturally because I put first things first. And that's just a principle that when I feel like my time is not efficiently being used, God brings me back to that principle. Are you truly seeking first my kingdom? Are you truly building your life around me? It's like when the the disciples, they were fishing and toiling all night and they caught nothing. But when Jesus came and stood in their midst, when his presence was there, All they had to do was let down their nets and they caught more fish than their boats could even handle. And really, that's what we need to do is invite his presence into our labors, our work, our tasks, and he multiplies their effectiveness. Right now, I have designated times in every day and every week where I fit in writing and ministry tasks, but I place boundaries around ministry work so that I can spend the majority of my time on what he's shown me are my highest priorities. If I can't accomplish my ministry tasks in those allotted work times, then I know it's time to cut back on what I've committed to. But surprisingly, I found I can actually accomplish quite a bit in the amount of time that I've set aside by staying focused on the task that is right in front of me and leaning on the enabling grace of God. Protecting my relationship with Christ often requires me to get up earlier than I might prefer. But again, when I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else in my life begins to work and he gives me the grace and the strength and the energy that I need to put him first, even if it means that I can't sleep in. Another area where I've had to make sacrifices is in the social dimension of my life. I found that if I become involved in time-consuming friendships and I spend a lot of my time at coffee shops getting together with people or shopping with girlfriends or texting or whatever it is to maintain those relationships, 
I don't really have enough time to meet my family's needs or protect my relationship with Christ. And in this season of my life with six children and a full-time ministry, I can't really expect to have a thriving social life. I can't really be a social butterfly and also have a strong family and a strong ministry. And that doesn't mean I shun all friendships or that I don't spend time fellowshipping with the body of Christ, but I really put boundaries around my social life, especially my personal social life, in order to say yes to God's priorities for me right now. Eric and I have also learned that for us, our home shouldn't just be open for people to swing by whenever they want to, because that could easily consume almost all day every day. We practice hospitality as a family, but we're strategic about when and how we do this. We don't just have a revolving door at our house where people can come and go as they please. That does work for some families, but for us and all the rest of the things we're called to, that's not a good fit. It's not a good way to protect what really matters. We know how critical it is as a ministry family to protect time as a couple and with just our children, and we want them to feel protected that they are our highest priority. I've known a lot of ministry couples who failed to put healthy boundaries around their people involvement, and as a result, they lost their children. They lost their relationship with their children. Ministry needs and opportunities can so easily dominate all of our time if we're not careful. So we've chosen to make clear distinctions between family mode and ministry mode. When we are with our children, we do our best to be with them. When we're spending time as a family, we put our phones away, we put our laptops in another room, and we don't allow distractions in, in the form of ministry conversations and tending to ministry needs to come into our home. At least we try not to on a regular basis. We also make a purposeful effort to keep our conversations centered around Christ, our family, and not just what's happening in our ministry. Now, to some people, this may seem unspiritual, but I look at the verse in 1 Timothy 3, 5 that says that if we don't tend to our families well, we aren't really fit to care for the body of Christ. Eric and I have found that protecting our marriage and our relationship with our children is what gives us strength to go the distance in ministry instead of burning out and having our relationship with our family strained because of it. Our goal is that our kids won't resent the fact that their parents are in ministry. And the only way for that to happen is for our children to receive the focus and the priority that they need in these years of their lives. Another key principle is to remove time wasters and distractions. And what a critical truth for such a time as this. Because so often in our digital world, we sit down to check something quickly online and we end up wasting hours on social media or on the internet just surfing mindlessly. I have found that modern technology poses a far greater risk of getting me off track spiritually or off track in my relationships with those closest to me than just about anything else I could allow into my life. That doesn't mean technology is bad, but it certainly has to be put into its proper place. If you talk to a financial consultant, they will often recommend that their clients keep a record of exactly what they are spending their money on. And often as the client really evaluates his spending habits, he's surprised to learn that he's spending a lot more in various categories than he would have guessed. The same principle applies to the way we spend our time. If you were asked to guess how much time you spend every day on social media, you might say, oh, maybe like 30 minutes to an hour. But if you were really to set a timer every time you're on social media, you might be surprised to learn that you're spending more time in those areas and on those platforms than you had realized. Or maybe texting and phone calls is a distraction or time waster. I've never really been much of a texter, but several years ago, a friend of mine started texting me every day, multiple times a day with little updates, comments, ideas, 
things she was concerned about, just sharing different tidbits from her life. And I felt obligated to text her back whenever I had a pause in my work or my family time. But after a few weeks, I began to realize that texting with her was taking up at least an hour or two of my day. And I knew it wasn't the way that God had called me to spend that time. A lot of our texts were nothing more than idle chit chat. And it's amazing how much my time freed up once I put in into that habit that was just sort of this time waster. It wasn't that I needed to cut off my friendship with her, but I needed to put some boundaries, especially around mindless texting. It's the same same with, with media, with movies, with, with shows that consume us so easily. Those things can rob our precious time before we even know what's happening. We might sit down with the intent of watching one thing, and then hours and hours later, we're still clicking around from one show to the next, or we start a binge watching something. And that's something I've shared about in other podcasts, how God really convicted Eric and I that we were turning to those things as a source of of refueling rather than turning to him. And so we learned how to put boundaries around what we were consuming in the area of media. And it's made a transformative difference in our spiritual lives and in our marriage and family. If you find yourself wondering where all your time has gone, I would encourage you to keep a diary of your daily activities, especially the things that you spend your free time on, and to write down exactly how much time you're spending on the phone or texting or emailing or on social media, etc. Don't just guess, but set a timer and monitor where your time is really going. And then prayerfully evaluate whether any of those things have become time wasters that need to be reduced or cut out of your life. Again, it's not that spending time on all those things is wrong or sinful in and of itself. The problem that I have found for me and for so many other Christian women is that it's easy to spend the majority of our time on those things and allow them to pull us away from a Christ-centered lifestyle and the focus on what is really right in front of us to do, serving our husbands and children if we're married or pouring into the life of someone in need that God has brought into our life or sharing the gospel with someone, etc. A good rule of thumb for me that I have learned is that leisure activities should just be an accent to my life, not what I build my life around. As I've said in previous episodes, Ephesians 2.10 says that we are created for good works that God has prepared for each one of us. And when leisure and temporal pursuits become our focus, we miss out on those good works, those world-changing opportunities, those divine appointments that God has in store for us each and every day. The Bible says that a woman who builds her life around the pursuit of selfish pleasure is dead while she lives. That's in 1 Timothy 5.16. And that is such a poignant challenge to my soul because it is my desire not to waste the precious time that God has given me here on this earth. When I look at my daily schedule and I'm not seeing any available time for seeking God or investing into the lives of others, I have to take a step back and say, is my life filled with distractions and time wasters and temporal things taking up more of my time than I realize? So one thing that I have found to be really helpful is to evaluate whether my activities, my free time, the things that are really taking a lot of my time have eternal value or not. And here are some of the ways you can tell something has eternal value. It causes you to draw closer to Jesus Christ and learn more about him. It builds meaningful relationships with the people in your life. It helps you bless others and assists you in sharing the love of Christ with them. It helps you become better equipped for the things God has called you to. It leaves you peacefully refreshed instead of agitated and distracted. And it bears good fruit instead of bad fruit in your life. 
One of the best ways to evaluate whether my daily choices are serving God's purpose for my life is just by writing down the specific things that I know God has called me to and then comparing my daily activities against those things. So during this season of my life, I know that God has called me to cultivate my relationship with him, to serve my family, to manage my home, and to encourage women in biblical femininity. So when I'm evaluating my daily activities, the things that are consuming my time, it's helpful to look at each of my pastimes in light of whether they are assisting me in those priorities. So maybe reading a book on how to bless and serve my husband, yes, that fits in. But spending an hour chit-chatting on the phone or texting mindlessly while my kids just are floundering and don't have any clear direction on what they should be doing, no, that's probably not God's priority for me in that time. Emailing a friend who needs Christ-centered encouragement, yes, that could fit in. But just texting about trivial things throughout the day with friends, no, that doesn't fit into the calling that God has on my life right now. So this is a practice that that you can do as well, just really looking at the way you're spending your time and lining it up against the calling God has given you and saying, do these things that I'm doing serve this calling? And it's just a really great way to let God help you redeem the time that he has given you. A few final thoughts that I want to share with you about Christ-centered time management. The Bible says that even the smallest areas of our lives, like eating and drinking, should be done for His glory. That's in 1 Corinthians 10.31. So when we allow our daily activities, the things we spend our time on to serve God's purposes for our lives, rather than just satisfy our own whims or personal desires, that's when we really find that we have an eternal focus in everything that we do. And just to recap, the verse in Ephesians 5.16 says it so well. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. When we surrender our lives to Christ, when we make that commitment that says, Lord, I desire not to just fit you into my life, but build my life around you. When we dedicate not some of our time, but all of our time to be used for his glory, that's when he can truly work his full calling and potential through our lives. That's when we truly can live lives that change the world for his glory. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into this topic of Christ-centered femininity, please visit us at setapartgirl.com and see the many resources that we have for you there. I pray you have a blessed 